and welcome to the Schooner Pod annual gambling preview. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. This is one of my favorite pods of the year, by far. With me, we got Jameson, we got Ty, and of course, we had to pull him out of retirement. We got Boat and Blake. Blake, welcome onto the podcast. It's been too long. And uh, before we start, I, I have to get your opinion on uh, everything that's been going on uh, with the Big 12. Uh, as noted, we're in polar uh, situations. So we, we know you've been upset, but let the, let the good people know how you feel about everything. Yeah, I knew this was coming. I just had a feeling. I was hoping this would be kind of the turning of the door that I feel like all my college football news and message boards and everything this summer has been all just dealing with conference realignment when instead I'd be focusing more on betting and other things. So I was hoping we would turn the page here. But my honest opinion on it is one, it just, it absolutely, it's the worst thing that could ever happen to our program, especially just uh, seeing where we were going from Southwest Conference, Conference USA. I think we were in the Big West for like a hot second. Big East for not even a game, and then up to the Big 12. Like, that is just an awesome story arc for a program that really our fortunes weren't made off of brand or anything else, but was rather just the quality of our football team that Gary Patterson, year in and year out, was taking a whole bunch of three to four star guys, uh, four star recently, but two to three star beforehand, was converting them and made uh, a power, a power five football program that consistently, even though I've been kind of down on them the past years, we're bowl, we're going to bowl each and every year we're competitive in conference so it just sucks because it's one of those situations where you look at it and there's really no like there's better options in the sense like better options that don't suck but they're all kind of sucky options compared to what I have just because it's like I do enjoy like my favorite part of college football is a lot of the regional rivalries and a lot of like the stories especially being in the conference is a lot of my good friends it's like I enjoy even though we lose to OU a lot it's like I enjoy still having those games uh and stuff like that so it's sad to see in the sense that I'm like there's just no situation out there that's going to be as good. There really isn't. Looking at our best situation, probably being the Pac-16, as I guess it could be called, if we move over there, or a Big 12, mer- like, not merger, but ske- merger or scheduling uh, alliance. But really, even that, it's just, nothing's going to ever be the same. And it's just hard to come to that. So now it's just, I've tried to stay away from it as much as possible, because I know, like, Although the OU and Texas news and everything dealing with that happened so rapidly, it was because they've been doing it for four or five months. And that's kind of where we're at in the stage is now we have probably four or five, six months till we really resolve where we're going to be at. So I know Bowlesby had a meeting with the Pac-12 commissioner and stuff like that, but things are just going to move really slow on this front. And I want immediate answers, but I'm not going to have them. So till then, I just got to enjoy college football and just pray we make it out alive. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And I, I'm sorry to bring it up. I, ju- I just had to get your no. uh, take on it for sure. Um, but you know what, guys? Let's just dive right in. Let's talk about some gambling, some of our favorite over-unders, uh, some of our favorite picks for Heisman uh, Conference champions, and of course, the national champion. Uh, Jameson, uh, do you think you got some good picks here? Are you pretty fired up? 
I have some pretty big locks. So Texas State with the over and four and a half. I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh no. That's that's garbage. But uh, I, I see that's at minus 145. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's some tough value. That's um, that's picking the over because I ain't picking the under on Texas State. You know that much. No, but yeah. For, if we're gotta talking, stay away from talking, Boco for sure. Yeah, if we're talking being safe, stay away from Boco. But you know, you never know. You never know. But let's let's actually talk what I'm interested in. I'm going to say my first over that I like this season. Yep. Guess we're diving right in. Let's do it. Yeah. USC eight and a half over minus 130. I like that one. They've got a couple. They got Keontae Ingram transferred in from Texas and Malcolm Epps from Texas, too. I guess they're just moving over there. And USC doesn't play Oregon or Washington this year. Um, so eight and a half is a number that I think's um, quality for them. And I think it's a team that's over, um, you know, not many people are looking at because, you know, Keen Slovis is a name that's been typed out, um, put out there, but you know, he has a possible, you know, he can do well this season. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it, he is definitely a, uh, one of those guys who's up there for Heisman USC in what little games they had looked pretty good until they hit a wall against Oregon. So that's, not really the worst overpick I've ever heard. I, it's probably one of the better ones, um, for sure. Uh, Ty, you ready for your picks? We'll yeah, just start sure. with the over. So for my, I so I, I got a mission. Uh, so I really I I'm being completely honest here. It's gonna sound like a joke, but like Kansas over one win certainly seems <laughs> it's. It's not impossible because we're talking about betting here, right? We're talking about we're talking about the potential payoffs in a betting scenario. You are looking at a, from yeah, so it's not it's not like you're going to get a decent payoff, not the greatest, shouldn't lose too much, and it's always just fun to throw down some stuff on just a garbage team. Jameson shaking his head no at Kansas, but we all know he's going to hop right on the Texas State train. The second the season starts, Blake is shaking his head. No, sitting here wearing a TCU shirt. We all know he's going to jump on the TCU train and get burned. So, I mean, it's like, I don't see why you wouldn't just throw some down on Kansas to win more than one game. It at least makes things interesting because we talk about, you know, big 12 matchups not being interesting. Now you got Kansas with, you know, every game could be interesting if, if you got him out there to win. I know he got burned on Kansas uh, when I picked them to go over four a couple years back. But uh, one is a lot less than four, and it's a lot more doable. So. so so let's take a look at Kansas here. So they open up with South Dakota, and I'm not sure if they could beat South Dakota. That's a team OU has played very recently, yeah. uh, and they did not look very good at all. Uh, then they have to go at Coastal on a Friday night. That is they a could that is they could They could win any game. They're also probably going to lose every game, though. Yeah. They also have Anybody to play at Duke. Yeah. That's the other. That's the other non-conference yeah. is at Duke. Blake should appreciate this because it's it's just being very, uh, you know, latching on to like the legalities of it. The Schooner Pod for forever has held the stance that pushes count as wins. So if Kansas wins one game, you've made it. I no, that well, you it's, it's got to be over that that's one bad, win. That's advice. That's been. <laughs> That right. does not work put, for over-under. It has to be li- – it literally is over one win. I don't think they get it's it. Is one greater or less than one? One is one. That is not over one. It's not under one. It's just one. Yeah, so they didn't make the under, so it's a push. That's not how that works. <laughs> Anyways, that doesn't matter. 
Yeah. I'm going to go with my over, and this is one I think Blake will like. Uh, I'm going TCU over seven and a half. Dang uh, it! That was my first one, Bobby! <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to steal your TCU pick, but here's the thing. Seven and a half is, well, it's not the best value. It's uh, minus 145 in Bavada. I, I think the Frogs are equipped to make a, a pretty good run here. I think they're undervalued. Uh, Max Duggan, definitely a, you know, one of... A, a solid quarterback who has gotten better over time. And, you know, Gary Patterson ebbs and flows. And this seems like a year that he's going to, you know, have a good one. And before I go on with my other ones, I want Blake to go because that's his first one as well. Why, bias aside, why are you so high on the Frogs? I just think this number is way too low. When you look at, I like have always been kind of a TCU pessimist when it comes to the offense, but this year we have so many pieces. And I think towards the end of the year, last year, we finally figured out feed Zach Evans. When in doubt, like not even if I think Duggan's going to make the step. I've been saying that for years and years and years, even if that doesn't happen, just feed Zach Evans. The man is an animal. He had 300 uh, over hundred yard games to end the season last year. Absolutely dominant. We have, as Gary Patterson came out and said uh, in his press conference, I believe a day or two ago, that we have our most electric wide receiver unit since 2014 and 2015, and that's the Josh Doxson era. So we really have explosiveness on the offensive end, and even though we lost a few good pieces, like we lost our two top safeties on the uh, defensive side, I just can't see us. Last year we were a six-win team, and we played. We had Max Duggan coming off an injury, the uh, random heart surgery that he had. And I think just with growth and a better offensive line, I just I think we have a better chance of competing to make the Big 12 title game than we have to do going under seven and a half wins. So just seeing the pieces we have, the defense we have, and the fact the good thing is a TCU team not ranked at the beginning of the season means they're going to overshoot where their expectations are at. I thought this one was easy, and it made it perfect because I just want to homer a little, even though I've been pessimistic on TCU in the past. Yeah, um, I think that Max Duggan uh, is a very interesting thing because that heart issue, most likely, I think from what I've read on it, it was diagnosed like through a clinic, not through imaging, which means it was probably the same thing that LaMarcus Aldridge had. So this could be a thing he could play with his whole career and just be completely fine and wouldn't impact him this season. But also if he starts having weird heart symptoms you know, this year they, they could pull him out. But this is probably just an incidental finding that they found on an EKG and he should be fine to go. If people are worried about that heart stuff with Duggan, it's, I think he should be fine. Yeah, I, I'm not too worried about that for sure. I, I think TC will have um, an interesting time of it schedule-wise. They have to play at OU, at OSU, and uh, they end their season at Iowa State, which is, as TCU and OU know, a very tough place to play. It'll be chilly. It'll be cold. The chili will be going. It'll be big <laughs> nude Saturday. It's going to be a tough. That, that, I could see that one being, a, being a, a plan for the conference championship there. All right. So, Jameson, uh, do you have any other overs? Uh, anything else you feel pretty good about? There's a couple, you know, I'm not going to talk about them. Um, you know, some different lines have um, UNC at 10, UNC at 9.5. I'd like it at 9.5. They don't play Clemson this year. But um, other than that, really nothing too much to talk about there. All right, Ty, we'll kick it to you. What uh, other overs do you have? Give me uh, – this is probably my my most confident one. I have – you guys might dispute this. I have Georgia at 10.5. I think that that is a very, very solid over because they play – if they go to a postseason – so counting the SEC championship and then the postseason game could be 14 
Let's say they're gonna pull. That doesn't they count. They don't count them. Okay, but oh, they don't count those. No, they don't. Oh, they start right. their they season with Clemson. Never mind. Yeah, the the, I, I like the under on Georgia, but that's not yeah, my yeah. business. No, yeah. I had them under the under, but then I like pulled up the schedule and I was thinking about postseason. Okay, yeah, my bad. <laughs> that's okay. Do you, do, you, do you happen to have any other overs, or is that all? Uh, no, that was so I have other ones, but not like significant. Fair, fair enough. Okay, so I'm I'm big on Stanford over four. I feel like that line is ridiculously low. Um, Stanford not, you know, had a bit, a bit of a tough time. Uh, you know, uh, D- uh, Dave Shaw, not a great, uh, time right now. He kind of needs to start turning it around a bit, but if you look at their schedule, it's not that awful. Uh, they opened up the season, uh, with Kansas state in a weird neutral site game at Arlington. Um, and then it's, the, you know, it's the pack 12. You know, I, I think that's a very doable, very winnable, you know, schedule for them. Um, uh, it's not. I don't think it's like it, it, it. It's such a low line that it's hard not to take. I feel like because um, I, I I don't see them being like world beaters or anything in the Pac-12. But I do. I just don't. How how can Stanford not win more than four games to be? So I'm going to go with Stanford uh, over four. That uh, value is minus three thir- or one thirty-five. Uh, Blake, I know you got a barrel full of overs. What do you got? Yep, so Jameson touched on it a little bit, but at nine and a half for UNC, that is just, I think, an incredible number. We'll talk, I'll get a little bit more later on of what my feelings are about UNC, but they have a lot of return, they have a lot of returning guys. This is kind of their year to take the next step. And so I could see them like it's kind of one of those TCU things. I see them closer to possibly or not even possibly getting to the ACC championship and maybe even upsetting Clemson, then I see them going, getting more than three losses. So I'm going to lean more with the UNC over nine and a half. And then another team I'm really targeting that I think is kind of flown under the radar. And I don't think people get as excited about this one just because of the team that I'm about to mention, but it's in the same state with NC State. They're right now pegged at six and a half wins, and they had last year, let me count, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They had eight wins on their uh, on their schedule already, and they beat a good Liberty team last year. They beat uh, – they kind of whooped up on everybody else, like the Georgia Tech, Syracuse, Virginia, all the like kind of mid-to-bottom tier teams. But looking at their schedule again, they return a lot of guys. This is a good, good, good program. Uh, and Dave Doran has just done an excellent job that – after their four-win season the year before in 2019, really bounced back. And they didn't really lose too much talent in my mind that pegging it at six and a half and putting them in a non-COVID year where they've actually had a spring practice, that they can't do the same thing. And looking at their schedule, really the only ones that you have to circle as probably like three guaranteed losses is going to be Clemson, North Carolina, and Miami. But I think this team is good enough at some point late in the season to be ranked in the top 25. So don't be surprised if maybe not Clemson, but maybe uh, UNC or Miami, they kind of give them a little bit of a, a struggle. So I have them six and a half wins. That just seems drastically low for a team that we can see at the end of the season, possibly going nine and three, eight and four. Uh, and then my other two, uh, or I'll keep one off the board. I'll just say my other one since I'm going to talk about this team later. But my other big one is UNLV over one and a half wins. This is the tape and bet. 
They have yes. a quarterback battle. They have a quarterback battle going there right now with Justin Rogers, my old TCU quarterback, who looked like he was going to be the future of our program. That kept us in the game versus Ohio State at Jerry's World. I was so excited about that year, and then we absolutely fell off a cliff. Didn't even make a bowl game, and so. I'm pumped. I think he just needed a fresh start. But even then, if he starts losing four, five games to start the season, we get to see the Tathan show in Vegas. I can't bet against that. I think they win two games. I think two games. But looking at their schedule, uh, they could probably beat Eastern Washington. The rest of it's pretty rough. I'm not going to lie. They could probably get that win. So they just got to upset somebody random. And one of those could be Air Force. Hawaii, in which is they're not at Hawaii, which is a key, big key. Hawaii is on the mainland, or they could possibly upset. Yeah, that's probably it. That's probably it. But they have a brutal schedule. But I think they have at least two games on there that they can win. I have to go with UNLV. I can't bet against Tathan. The Tathan bet. I I love that. I might I might have to steal that one and use it on use it for myself. Because uh, how can you bet against Tathan at this point? You know, well, it, it has never gone wrong for Tathan, Tate Martell. That's for darn sure. Uh, at some point, it's got to hit. It's like it has, it has to. This is his fourth school he's committed to because A and M. Uh, yep, fourth school at some point. So something has to go right. Oh my god! And in, in, insane, incredible. Um, all right, so we're gonna move on to the other side of it. The unders. Uh, Jameson, what is your favorite under? Who do you think just is completely overvalued and is going to absolutely blow it this year? I feel – they're not going to completely blow it. I, I feel like a clown if you're going to give me like that and say this. Because I'm going to say Alabama 11 and a half. Okay, um, that's a good under. point. Yeah, that was phrased um, my, wrong. It's minus 145, so it's not your best value. But they have a first-year co- quarterback coming in, Bryce Young. You know, and like he's good. He's very good, and his stock has been nothing but rising, especially with all of his, you know, money deals upwards of a million dollars off his name and image and likeness, you know. But here's the thing. Whenever you have a first-time quarterback, you have so much overturn the Alabama. I see. I know Alabama overturns their their players like it's nothing, and they don't have any problems. But they start off with Miami, and they've also got Florida at Florida at A&M this year as well, and at Auburn too. So I think that's just a little scary in that where, you know, a first-year quarterback is going to at least trip up once there. So I'm going to go under on that one. Yeah, Alabama and, you know, breaking a new quarterback in, odd year Auburn. That's That, that just seems like a like a year they might stumble a little bit. Not they, they, they might probably end up, you know, winning the SEC or, you know, being in the college football playoff still. But um, I don't know. That's tricky, you know, with uh, any time you have to deal with that, odd year Auburn on the road could be tricky. Ty, who do you got as your uh, under? So my, um, I'm kind of split decision on my favorite. So I, I, I'm going to come back around, but the first one I'm going to mention, um, this might be controversial. I know some of you guys are high on Derek King, but I have Miami under, I have them at nine and a half. And I think that that is a, a fair under. So when we just real quick run through their schedule, they open the season against Bama. Miami's not going to beat Bama. Like, they already tried to trash talk about how it was going to be, like, a legendary beating of Bama. That's a one of the worst decisions you could ever make. So they have that. Um, the next weekend they play App State. We'll go 50-50 there. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I know you guys are kind of big App State fans. 
getting kind of weird with it. Michigan State, again, the week after. I understand it's Michigan State. They're garbage. I'm going to say that they got a 25% chance at losing that game, but that's not important because then later on they have North Carolina, and I think they're pretty much a lock to lose to North Carolina. And then I could really see Miami being Miami and fumbling against Florida State or one of the other Virginia teams. So I really – I think – under nine and a half for Miami uh, could be a decent look. Yeah. Anytime you have Alabama on your side. You never know with, with uh Derek King, if he pans out, but I, I really think, I really think that uh, they're going to stumble. Miami traditionally is, has stumbled in, in the past couple of years. So. And we've seen Derek King come in with a lot of hype and then just completely stumble and, you know, then decide he wants to transfer four games into the season, uh, which he probably won't do this time. He has you know, a lot of sponsorships and stuff. I can't let them down, but, um, you know, we, we've seen Derek King, you know, not live up to the hype. So I don't know we'll, we'll see how that goes for sure. My favorite under, I love this under so much. It is Tennessee under six wins minus minus one thirty. The Josh Heupel era gets off to an awful start. Um, the volunteers, you know, first of all, they're, they're at a mass ex- exodus after, uh, the disastrous, uh, <laughs> I, I can't even remember the guy's name. The, the whole McDonald's bag incident left some of their best players just fleeing Knoxville, you know, like rats after a, you know, a fire at a factory. It was a disaster. <laughs> so <laughs> let's let's get that started. Josh Heupel not exactly inheriting the best uh, program for sure. And not only that, I just kind of think he's a bit of an overrated head coach uh, in general, not to bash the former, you know, OU quarterback or anything, but I just, I'm not a big fan of Heupel. Um, And not only that, but I I feel like they have a kind of tough schedule. Alabama, they have to, uh, is always tough. You know, they haven't beaten them in God knows how long. They have to play at Florida. Uh, Georgia is always a tough one. Uh, At Kentucky, I know that's a rivalry they usually win, but, you know, Kentucky's been on the rise. And, you know, here's the thing. They got sneaky pit coming in here as well that uh, could also trip them up. You know, I, I feel like uh, Tennessee always has a game at the beginning of the season that like immediately starts everything, you know, just going downhill. And what team would be better to do that than Pitt? So Bobby, I, I, it, is yeah. Pitt at Tennessee or are they on the road? I'm pretty sure Pitt is going to Neyland, which would make it oh. even funnier. Oh, best stat ever is uh, I forget the Pitts coach, but he is twelve and two as an underdog on the road covering the spread. Oh my he is god, the perfect underdog on the road coach. So I love it, Bobby. I love that. That that will be a wonderful cover, and you you bet I'm I'm going Pitt all the way there. The, the super weapon had a had, had a year off last year. It's ready to fire directly <laughs> on Neyland Stadium. All right, Blake. I want to hear uh, your favorite under. So my lock, my lock of lock bets, even more than TCU, all by under, under seven and a half wins for Michigan. I think this is Jim Harbaugh's last year. And looking at their schedule, the Big Ten surprisingly got a lot better. That the usual people that Michigan can claim a few wins against in order to get them to eight and four, nine and three, all those small little underlings are now good. You look at the rise of Indiana, they've gotten better. Rutgers is better. Michigan State, even though Michigan State is trash, they could be the bottom of the division. They could be more, worse than Rutgers this year. 
Jim Harbaugh is horrible against his rivals. So that doesn't even rule off that uh, that off their schedule. And then they have a pretty different, uh, decent non-conference schedule that they play Washington at home second week of the season, which I think Washington is going to be a vastly improved team in the Pac-12 and could be competing for the Pac-12 North. They play Western Michigan and Northern Illinois. Those are two wins, guaranteed. But then after that, you start debating about whether they're going to start seeing wins consistently. They have to play at Wisconsin. Wisconsin's the leader to win uh, the West Division at Nebraska. Nebraska's not very good, but, you know, they can – they're kind of – they're in the same boat. So, like, Scott Frost and Jim Harbaugh, it's basically who can stay alive there. They play Northwestern, who's always stingy. Michigan State, Ohio State, probably going to be losses because they can't beat their uh, – because they can't beat the rivals. And then you just leave Indiana, Penn State, and Maryland. They can beat Maryland, but – Indiana and Penn State are better teams than them. So I just can't see guaranteed wins where in the past, Michigan has always been able to go 8-4 and four just because they can beat up on the little guys. But there's not as many little guys to beat up on anymore. So I could definitely see this being a six-win team this year and Jim Harbaugh not being there next season. Yeah, that, that Washington visit is going to be pretty tough. Uh, not, a, not an easy non-conference for the Wolverines for sure. Um. Yeah, I, I I don't hate that. I don't hate that. Uh, obviously, would have liked a little bit more of a Michigan bump. You know, if they were eight and a half, well, I would have eaten that up all the way. But um, you know, you can, usually you see these bigger teams with bigger fan bases willing to put money on it. You know, getting have those lines a little inflated. Uh, Michigan, a very very favorite uh, to to hit the, hammer that under. Jameson, any other unders you got under? Uh, just got got the one. Okay, uh, Ty. What unders you got? Yeah, so next next big under that we'll just kind of touch on. Uh, I have Georgia at 10.5. I don't know if it <laughs> is going to get cut from the podcast or not. There was some confusion there. They almost became a lock for an over. Uh, I totally forgot about the postseason and conference championships. Um, but <laughs> for, for UGA to go under 10.5, they got to lose to Clemson. I don't think anyone disagrees that, that that's the most probable outcome of that game. And then a loss to Florida and they're under 10 and a half. And I, I understand, you know, turnovers and, and some other stuff at Florida, but I think that Dan Mullen is really building a solid program for the East, the SEC East over there at Florida. And I think that it is probable that they will be able to topple Georgia here. So UGA, I say guaranteed loss to Clemson and then any other stumble and they're an under. So I can see UGA uh, being a solid under. And then other ones I won't I won't touch on, but West Virginia under six and a half just because, you know, when it rains, it pours. And then uh, I got Nebraska under six as well because Scott Frost underperforming in power five, name a better duo. I also have Nebraska under six as well, uh, and that's a good value as well. It's a it's a, a plus one thirty five. Um, you know, I I think the Huskers just it's I I don't think it's going to happen. And uh, yeah, like, like you said, when it rains, it pours. Um, I have an interesting one. I'm going with Coastal Carolina under ten. So here's the thing. That's a good one. Here's the thing. I, they were phenomenal last year. But as we know, these darling teams can really have letdowns the next year. I mean, yeah, they have, they still have Grayson McCall. So that's fine. But here's the, the the magic is hard to continue on to the next season. And it, just to, just to look at this, they have to play at Appalachian State. 
um, a tough, interesting uh, Thursday night game against Troy. You know, that's always interesting. Um, and then, you know, at Georgia Southern, which we know can, you know, trip teams up. A very tough team there in, uh, in Atlanta. So really all they need to do is lose to App State, lose to another team, and it's over. Um, I will say their non-conference is is very light. The Citadel, Kansas, at Buffalo, who just lost their head coach, and uh, UMass. It's a little that's that's a little light, but like Ty said, who knows with Kansas? You know what? What if you get one miracle game out of Kansas? You, you, you truly never know. Um, and I, I just I think there's just a chance for them to slip up multiple times this year and. You know that's that's the thing. The magic just might just uh, be gone from the Chanticleers, as much as I hate to say it. Kansas still has a national championship winning coach. Uh, you know, Lance Leopold. Lance Leopold. Oh, uh, never mind. Yeah, Les Miles is gone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's okay, Ty. It's okay. Everyone, else, everyone has t- everyone has tough thoughts now and then. Man. I forgot that Les Miles was fired. Oh yeah, yeah you got big fired. You got very fired. <laughs> All right, Blake. You're Why? Under- you. Yeah, yeah. So my last two that I'm really big on, and one has been mentioned, but Kansas under one. I think this is just the most electric over under for a win total that you will ever see. You always see one and a half because usually you have like a easy non-conference game. Plus you have like one winnable in-conference game or like another at a conference foe. But look, Kansas can only beat South Dakota. And so the first week of the season, that bet is being decided already. If they lose to South Dakota, it's over. You're not pushing anything. They ain't winning another game. They are losing every single game for them. At best, you're getting a push from this, but I just love the hilarity that you can literally just bet. Like, you rarely see these bets. So you can bet for them to not win a single game in the season. So you just got to take that. That's too funny, and you are going to know within the first week whether it's going to hit or not. So I'm on Kansas under one. And then my last one, which is from the same division as Michigan, that I just think kind of with Bobby, how he touched on with Coastal Carolina and the hype we saw last year, I think this is the hype pick is – Indiana under eight. They had their dream season last year. They played really incredible. Great receiving core with Freifogel, Phoenix, great quarterback. But look, if you really break down their schedule, they weren't beating really good teams. Their best one was the Penn State all-time classic, which Penn State ended up playing like they were horrible last year. So was Wisconsin. That's probably their second best win on their schedule. And then when you start to break them down, you're just seeing Maryland, Michigan State, Michigan, who wasn't very good at Rutgers, who's better, but you're still just not seeing quality wins there. And even though Phoenix was out for their bowl game versus Ole Miss, they got handled pretty thoroughly in that game as well. So I just feel like people are going to be hitting this eight, thinking how well they did last year, but not doing any looking back into really what was happening into the Big Ten uh, last year because COVID ripped apart the Big Ten, especially Wisconsin, where we saw them go off to the hottest first game start of all time, thinking they were going to turn into the dairy raid instead of their usual rush and then could barely win a game after that. So I think Phoenix, they're going to be good. I don't think they're going to be totally horrible, but I also don't think we're going to be as hype on them this year. And quarterback health, Never can really – Phoenix, this is third season, hasn't been able to say healthy 
tore, I believe, his same ACL twice. So I just don't don't really like that, and that just doesn't make me comfortable. So I like the under eight with a strong conference overall in the Big Ten. Yeah, Indiana or Indiana also has a pretty tough start to the season at Iowa. Uh, they also play Cincinnati, who is returning a lot of guys, was great last year uh, at Penn State, which will should be greatly improved after last year, uh, and then. Ohio State uh, all before November. So that that's a tough run for uh, Indiana. It's one of those things that you could start to see uh, really snowball, I think. Um, all right, moving on. Over-unders, they are literally over. Uh, and we're moving on to the conference champions, our favorite value. Um, so, Jameson, which conference champion do you think could, could be – could be sneaky. Could be easy. What do you think? Yeah, if we're not talking Oklahoma minus 180, which is just criminal, honestly, because the Big 12 is extremely weak this year. And, you know, Iowa State's just getting a lot more bought into than they probably should. Um, I will go along. If we're just talking value, if you want to throw something that's, you know, in the four to five to one range, give me USC. I know I think that the South will be still dicey that they even win the South. But, um, you know, Arizona State's got a good team this year. Uh, but give me USC plus 400 just as a value pick. I kind of already talked about USC this year and how they could be a team to kind of overachieve a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I feel like USC has been a hot pick over the years. Like, I think they've cropped up in the past as uh, Pac-12 champs and just haven't, haven't done it just yet, but they might. They've been knocking on the door. Um, Ty, you're a conference champion. Yeah, so uh, good, good to follow up with Jameson. My again, because I'm looking at value here, is Arizona State at, I have them at 450. And I think that that's a really, really solid, you know, throw some money out there. I know that none of us, you know, and, and probably none of our listeners are super serious about the the pack. And I think that that's a neat one because it's one of those sort of put it out there, put it on the back burner. And if it doesn't hit, it doesn't hit. But like Jameson said with his USC at 400, 450, uh, you know, that's a good, you know, that's a good little bump. You're not, you know, it's, I think it's, I think it's worth a look for sure. Yeah, that, I, I agree. And, and here's the thing about Arizona state. They've just gotten all, they've done all of this cheating. It's about to be about <laughs> to ruin everything. So yeah, just go, go for it at this point. You're, you're going to get, you know, allegedly. waylaid by the, yeah, allegedly waylaid by the NCAA. So you, you, you got to win something or else it's all for nothing. So I can see, I can see Arizona state doing really well there. I'm going to go with uh, towards the SEC. Give me Georgia at plus 200. Um, I feel like they're I, I, here's the thing. I know that's not the greatest it's not value. Even good value. It's, it's better than it's not a minus. And I think they're the best team in the SEC this year. I know that's, I know that's crazy, but I think Georgia plus 200. I definitely think they're probably an under due to Clemson, but that doesn't mean they can't get it done in the East. I think Georgia probably uh, pulls that one off. I know that's that that one's a little a, a little bad. So I'm going to move on to Blake before <laughs> I do something a little less cherry picking. So I have three good ones, and we can circle back around to my other two. But the one I'm just most excited about that I just think it's ridiculous that they are offering it at this number is UNC plus eight hundred. Mm-hmm. Look, UNC yep. is finally at the point where they've got they've 
defense is really the main issue. They're getting more guys, more experience on defense. The offense is legit. They have Sam Howell, who might be is either top one or two best quarterbacks in the nation. And then good running game, good receiving. They have all the pieces there to be a college football playoff contender. And then we look at the other side of the thing, really who they would have to be competing against from the other division is Clemson. Clemson is coming off where Dabo refuses to use the transfer portal in order to boast up some of their key holes that they have now. So they're having to develop younger and younger guys each year. They have a brand new quarterback that started one or two games. I know that uh, North uh, Notre Dame game was real electric last year with him in it, but you're telling me that if you if UNC wins their division and makes it to the ACC championship versus Clemson, that you wouldn't take them at that time for plus 800 odds? Like, we're treating Clemson like they're coming back with Trevor Lawrence or something. They have a brand-new quarterback. They have a brand-new quarterback, and I'm getting an experienced team for that amount of odds in a conference where they're only – in division competition is Miami and Tyler already touched on that. I'm a little bit more believer in Miami this year, but they've been inconsistent. They haven't been able to find those consistent wins and, and they're also playing Miami at home this year. And so I just can't, I just, the odds are too good that you can have come November, December time when we're playing in the AC championship that you're basically picking UNC to beat Clemson for plus 800 odds, which is just too good of a value to pass up. I have to take that. That is just, you can, I know I don't hedge, but for the hedgers out there, you could easily hedge out of that bet with plus 800 odds in a conference title game. Yeah. I'm going to hop in on that with the North Carolina. Cause I was thinking the same thing that was also on my list. But um, you also have to have a little bit of reservations because the skill players around, um, you know, uh, oh my God, I'm just just complete Sam Howell. Um, yeah. There, there's a lot to be worried about. They lost two of their running backs last year to the NFL draft, and Michael Carter and Javante Williams, and they also lost Diami Brown, who was a huge target for um, for uh, Howell as well. So you know, he's going to have to. Uh, like, you know, make new relationships and have new, you know, people to rely on um, in an offense where he's supposed to go and have a chance to win an ACC championship. And that's going to be tough, especially versus Miami. I understand that they have Miami at home, but Miami, even though Derek King's coming off ACL injury, you know, he's got better skill players around him. And, you know, Charleston Rambo is a big time name, even though we like to talk down on him, he's really good wide receiver and he's going to do well in Miami with Derek King. So, Sam Howell's weapons around him, while he is very good, is a little concerning, and a other couple other guys need to step up. Yeah, no, no, I agree, and that, you know, that is another you know type of team that had a wonderful year last year, and while there's still Howell there, you know, you're you're not you're not sure how much he can just carry everything, but we'll we'll see. Um, but the good thing is, I think we'll start seeing the Mac Brown recruiting train really come into force here. That we're where in the past UNC might have had a good player or two and haven't been able to replace them. Like Mac Brown has done an incredible job on the recruiting trail. So they did return ten starters overall. So yes, they did lose a little bit. But I'm just hoping that kind of his gains that he's done with UNC on the recruiting trail really shows this season. And just with that plus 800 value where they're probably going to be favored in 11, 12 games of regular season games, like they could, this could be an incredible opportunity to get UNC a sneaky pick to make it into the playoffs at a good value. Yeah, plus 800, I mean, that is an incredible value for just what it boils down to potentially just one game. 
against Clemson, who it may or may not be down. We'll see how that is. Um, Jameson, uh, I know you had another conference championship pick. Do you have any extra in the bank? Yeah, or? I was I was hitting. I already I said Oklahoma is just obviously easy skip USC and then yep. UNC. Oh, for sure, for sure. Uh, Ty, what do you do? You got any extra? I'm a uh, I'm good on sort of good picks for conference for overs, uh, not overs, but uh, for good value conference ones. Okay, this one's not. I have one that's not good value but I kind of like it as just a weird random moonshot SMU to win the American athletic conference at plus 2,500. <laughs> they, they, the recruitment is improved there. I could see it just getting wild. Let's get weird. Let's throw something up and see what happens. I mean, you're probably wasting $2, but SMU, you know, they, they've been kind of on the come up. So that's, that's my kind of dumb one. Um, I, I'm starting and, to get all these like old memories of us from our like college football pick em podcast. There are certain teams that we hated and we just swore we would never go with them. And SMU burned y'all one time really, really bad. And there was absolute explicit, you know, language getting thrown out <laughs> SMU, how you were never going to trust them again. And Bobby's returning to the well. It was TCU. <laughs> I, I bet I, I, I went heavy on TCU against SMU. It was like TCU minus seven, and then they lost at home. Yep, that was the that was two years a year ago, two years yeah, ago. They, two they years lost ago. straight up, and I was furious. But um, other good value, uh, the Pac twelve or the Big Ten is is tricky, but I I don't hate Penn State at uh, at plus nine hundred. Um, I I think they're going to be much much recovered from last year. I think that was just an anomaly. Um. They do have to play at Ohio State, which is always tricky, but you know we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, overall, though, I, I don't know. Most of their kind of I, – I, I don't know. I have, a, I have a weird feel about Penn State maybe bouncing back a little bit. Blake, any other conference champs you got? Yeah, so uh, I'm going to go on to the group of five now because really when I, whenever I'm looking out at uh, my conference winners' bets, the funnest ones to do are the group of five because – Besides me picking this year, but usually Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, and or Georgia, Oklahoma have a stranglehold on their one. So you're not going to see much value. And at that point, you're just kind of shooting for uh, kind of some blank, like shots in the dark, hoping that one of those powers goes down. But there's two I've really identified uh, this year that I think are going to be great values at the group of five levels. So first going to the Conference USA, I love UTSA Roadrunners plus 300 uh, to win the Conference USA. They have a guy that's going to get drafted next year, Sincere McCormick. He is a lightning bolt. And they're going to be playing first week at Illinois, which I think will be an awesome game that Illinois is probably going to win this just because they're going to be heavy bruisers with that Brett Billima new offense. They're just going to be running up the middle. But we're really going to see that UTSA Roadrunners, uh, last year they were one of my favorite teams to bet on. This year I'm excited to watch them because they have a high-powered offense in the Conference USA. And really that conference is just a three-headed uh, three-headed race between uh, UAB and I'm trying to think who else. Uh, UNT? No, Marshall. Marshall. So it's really those those three teams are getting the same odds. And uh, I might wait on the UT- UTSA number to go down a little bit just because I know people are always going to load up on UAB, who's been there consistently in the Conference USA final game, and Marshall, who typically has a weak division. They just kind of beat up on 
inferior opponents besides Rice last year, supposedly, or not supposedly, they lost to Rice, but <laughs> I just really like that. I really like UTSA and their high-powered offense. And then my final one, which I think is just going to be uh, basically be a lock just because of how things went last year, is the Nevada Wolf Pack for the uh, Mountain West Conference, plus 500. You're getting a great, great, great value here. You get Carson Strong. You might not know who he is now, but you will know when he gets drafted in the first round next year. This guy was the Mountain West Offensive Player of the Year last year. He's an incredible quarterback. Going to be drafted. He's a junior this year. Going to be drafted in the first round next year. And they had the most high-powered offense in the Mountain West. Looking at the Mountain West, it's a really interesting conference. But really, if you look at their schedule, their only roadblock block is uh, San Jose State. And they play San Jose State at home. And that's going to be an awesome game. That's basically going to decide the division. And in the uh, Mountain West uh, Conference Championship, I could see with a plus 500 value, them going up against probably Boise State. That's a really good underdog whenever I'm not feeling so high on Boise State. Like the fact Boise State in uh, is not a plus money to win their conference, that they're such a heavy favorite. I hate that considering they have two sleeping giants with Nevada and San Jose State in the other division, but I just think being at home plus having the better quarterback, that's going to lead the Wolfpack over San Jose State, and we're going to see a matchup with them and Boise State in the uh, Mountain West Championship. Oh, he's done it again. Our host has left himself on mute. <laughs> so Bavada didn't have any group of five. Rosie was going off. So, uh, yeah, that, that, that screwed us a little bit. Because um, I would have loved to take some Yosef uh, bet there, uh, but I, they haven't put the up. Text. They put up. They put up Mountain West. They just haven't put up like Sun Belt Conference USA and stuff. And I come close to the time because they're not gonna. They're not gonna like put out so much liability on those smaller schools that you don't know about. But put in those picks a week or two before because that's when we're gonna see them come in. Yeah, I need to go big on the Fun Belt for sure, though. But um, okay, before we start kind of wrapping up. We got two more categories very fast. Uh, just give me your favorite for the Heisman trophy in terms of the best odds. I'm pulling them up to share. So basically I'll, I'll ask you this, Jameson Spencer Radler or the field. And then if not, and then also like who would you take best value of this group? Um, plus 800 is just really good for the favorite. And I understand that they say, oh, things change. But a lot of the time, you know, whenever you're very hyped up in the preseason, even if you play moderate during the season, your hype is going to follow you. And we learned very quickly that Heisman vote is a lot of press and sometimes not as much the performance in the good team. So, yeah, Spencer Rattler, I'm going to stick with that. But Matt Corral's got to be the guy. I hate that he's on the end of the list. I was hoping he'd be off the list because this was my guy. It would be my, like, dark horse, you know, Heisman guy. Even though Ole Miss isn't that good of a team, he's fun to watch. And Lane Kiffin is a fun, you know, team to put out there. And they throw the ball, and they try to pile on points. If there's someone who's going to stat pad this year, it's Matt Corral. He's a guy that I can see a lot of America getting behind just because of how many points and stats they put on the board. Kind of like a Johnny Manziel type of gear in a way. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, where, where his team wasn't the best, but they were flashy. I don't, I, I could see the win factor hurting him there out in the SEC West for sure. But uh, Ty, Spencer Rattler or, or the field or um, 
And then also, who would you take of that group? So, yeah, so Rattler versus the field, I would absolutely go with with Rattler. Like Jameson talked about, the Heisman is a lot of hype being the not only the favorite, but just sort of the expected winner, really, coming into it. Like he's it, – some years you got a favorite. Rattler's coming into this year. You watch the media. It's, it's really his to lose. Uh, and like Jameson said, when it's when you're in a position where it's yours to lose and not yours to earn, you can kind of underperform. And as long as those you know highlight real stuff is there, even if the stats don't necessarily match up, you're in a really good position. And then that you know 800 is hard to beat. Um, I bounce back and forth. So and then so Rattler versus the field. I'm going Rattler. If I had to pick someone outside of it, uh, I bounce back and forth. I really liked. CJ Stroud, just because Ohio State, uh, again, a sort of a branding hype thing or whatever, his stats could be equal to someone from Ole Miss, someone from wherever else. Ohio State's kind of, you know, the hype and and everything else that goes into the Heisman. But I got to go throwback to, I think, like the 2018 preseason when I called Derek King my dark horse. If I got to pick a random dark horse, I'm going with Derek King again over there at Miami. Just, I, it's not going to happen, but I gotta I gotta ride with him uh, as a throwback to the older episodes. Fair, fair enough. Yeah, if, if you had to go with someone like that, yeah, why not? Yeah. Uh, okay, so in the matter of Radler versus Field, as much as I love Radler and he's the best pick on here by far at plus eight hundred, I gotta go with the Field just because I think it's gonna get a little wild, and I feel like there's a potential for a major like random Sam Howell type. Tim Tebow like year. So obviously I'm going to go Sam Howell as well um, at plus 1600. That is, those odds are just incredible. I think sneakily. Um, I, I think Hal could have a chance to, to go off here. And then of course, you know, you, you have so many other brands with guys like Bryce young who could be good, but in general, I, I don't know. I, I think you got to go with the field just because of, you never know what's going to happen. And, you know, Rattler, while he, has improved and has gotten crisper. You know, he, he's definitely a well-deserved favorite at, at plus 800. He is the bet here. Um, but you know, I, I just, I just think that there's just way too much that can happen for sure. Um, Blake, who do you got Rattler versus a field? And then uh, who's your favorite other than that? Field, field and fields. I just think it's a mistake by going with the preseason favorite. I was curious about this because I looked up how often is really the preseason favorite of the Heisman odds, really winning the Heisman. And if you look over the past 10 years, like the last decade, 10, 12 years, people with plus 2,000 or better odds, so that's 92 players, only 29% of them are ending up as Heisman finalists. So that's just people even getting the top five. And then if you go to the preseason favorites to actually win the Heisman, only two of the last 12 years has won that. And so I just cannot, I cannot take somebody with seeing that two out of 12, that's horrible odds. So I just, I can't take Spencer Radler at that price. And I think Spencer Radler, if I'm going to be a devil's advocate here, I think he has a pretty decent shot compared to other preseason favorites because I really do. I like best offensive player on a team that's making a serious national championship push that are, it's either undefeated or one loss. I think Spencer Rattler's that, and I'm really, really, really high on OU's chances this year to win the national championship. And so I think he does fit that mold, but just seeing how Trevor Lawrence was never able to win one and he was always a preseason favorite and kind of seeing some of those 
uh, those scenarios, whenever you think it's one guy that ends up being another one, I just can't go. I can't go with Spencer Rattler right off the bat because my my uh, that you mentioned, Bobby, my person that I would say to feel the best to beat him would just be Sam Howell because he kind of fits that mold. He fits that Joe Burrow. I know he was, but he's been more popular than Joe Burrow, but fits that kind of dark horse playoff team that wasn't really there that leads his team, especially if he gets them to eleven and one going into Clemson and either beats Clemson or plays a good game, it's his locked up just with how UNC and kind of the status of their program three, four years ago. So I just like him a little bit better odds. I see them more in since you're giving me double the money basically by betting on him. I just have to go with Sam Howell there. Fair enough. I I think Howell's a great value for sure. I I think he's the best value on that list without a doubt, uh, as mentioned. Now for our final segment, National champion. Now, this is more more best value national champion, but I'll also ask you who your uh, pick would be if you had to. Um, Jameson, I'll let you start. I don't know if you've seen the odds. I can pull them up as well. Yeah, yeah, go ahead and pull them up because I'm not sure. I just, just knew what I was going to go with. I, re- I, I know that we're an Oklahoma podcast and we're biased, but I really think this is Oklahoma's year. I have said it in the past years that this was designed – as we were recruiting to be the year that Oklahoma was have their best chance to win. And then it just ever so happened that Ohio State lost their quarterback. Clemson lost their quarterback. Alabama lost their quarterbacks. That's the three big dogs that we're worried about. I understand we've lost to Georgia in the playoffs, but, you know, that was a game that was extremely winnable and that, you know, it was a double overtime game. You know, things could completely change there. You know, Oklahoma is what I'm going with. Plus 700. If you played this season seven times, how many times would Oklahoma win the national championship? Just put it like that. You know, I don't know that that's the correct way to say it, right? Would that be the correct way to say it? Seven to one? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't have quick maths here. Uh, but yeah, I, if we play the season seven times, I feel like Oklahoma will at least win it once. I, I feel pretty good there. There you go. Hey, I like the number. You know, it's seven. A lot of, a lot of sevens with OU, seven national titles could be eight after uh plus 700 you never know uh ty best odds and who yeah so again when when you look at the uh the odds really make it interesting and and one thing you know jameson kind of touched on on the numbers again that's that's what the odds are but the the real key everyone just disappeared okay uh the real key here is I think it, you know you have Bama as the proven commodity, and I'm not buying in anything with Ohio State. Clemson again, a, a proven commodity, but I just don't see them getting to it this year. And when you look for when you look for the odds, you got to look for those magic numbers. And one of those magic numbers is Tree Fitty. And one of the interesting things is about numbers is that you can put them together and. Two tree fitties together, tree fitty plus tree fitty is seven hundred. It's obvious. It's all there. It all adds up. The Mayan calendar, what what everyone else has been signaling to us, OU plus seven hundred. I think obviously it's a homer pick, but I think that's the best value for sure, and it's the one that you know I want to happen. But tree fitty plus tree fitty, give me Oklahoma. I, I mean, it's a. It's a pretty perfect pick if you're trying to go for OU. That it's just this OU feels like everything's lined up for him perfectly. And I know we've been here before. We've seen it all fall apart. 
but I, I feel like OU's the pick here at plus 700. If I had to go otherwise, um, you know, if you wanted to go long shots, if you wanted to get weird, I guess you could go with someone like, I guess you'd go with Iowa State at plus, you know, 3,000. Um, all, all it takes is a couple injuries out of OU to break that thing open. Um, e- even if they just split OU and go undefeated, there's a chance they get into the playoff uh, instead of the Sooners if they look uh, really impressive. So I, if we're going really, really long shot, it's Iowa State, but OU's the best team uh, with the best odds, I think. Blake, what do you feel? So y'all hit on it. Like even from an outside OU perspective, like I think this is really OU's best chance in a long, long, long time to win the national championship. It's finally come together. They have experience and really the knock never on OU was offense, it's defense. And I feel like finally OU's figured out the whole defensive element that even if it doesn't end up being a top-tier defense, it's still good enough to keep their offense in the game, which is all that matters, considering how electric Spencer Rattler is. And just as Jameson did mention, it's like the four people ahead of uh, y'all in the uh, odds are all new quarterbacks, all have to learn new systems. I know Georgia, I guess, is getting a transfer, but you're still you're all in that same situation where you're having to put in new pieces and the most important piece, which is quarterback, and so I just see Oklahoma plus 700. If I have to go somewhere outside, I'm just I'm riding with UNC like I have been. If they're able to make the playoffs, uh, something like plus 4,000 is pretty good odds. If they're able to beat Clemson in the end, uh, I could see them kind of escaping in. The only reason why I'm off of Iowa State is just because Iowa State's bringing back the same team they did last year. If they couldn't beat OU to get to the playoff, they're probably not going to do it this year, especially – they would have to beat them twice. And so, like, if you want to go, like, weird like that, like, weird Big 12, you go, like, TCU plus 20,000. Because, like, maybe, like, all the all the things align and they beat OU once and, like, it's real weird. But, like, that's why I just don't think, like, Iowa State's a good enough team to really beat OU twice. I think if they're the same team as last year, they're a consistent team, good team. Like, I think Iowa State easily going to be in the top 10 by the end of the year. But I also don't think they're getting any better. They've had one of the worst recruiting classes in the, uh, like, in the uh, in the Big 12. They're not really adding any more dynamic pieces to what they have. So I just can't see them running it back again with the same pieces, beating OU twice and making it to the playoffs. So... That's why I wanted uh, I, I wanted to come on here, slander Iowa State a little bit because everybody's <laughs> on them. They're a really good team that doesn't have many valleys, but they don't have many peaks as well. So I just can't. There's just no like I would go with a Big Twelve upstart instead of them if like we're going weird with it. But yeah, OU, North Carolina, those are probably the two I'm putting money on. Fair enough, fair enough, and I, I think that makes it official. All four of us have um, officially slandered Iowa State on this podcast, so we we have finally gotten the full, complete slander circle going, so that's great. Well, guys, this has been a blast for sure. Always love talking these with you, and uh, I suppose we'll see what happens. Uh, I I think we should actually write these down this year so we can see if we actually made these uh, actually come true uh, because we've never had to uh, face the consequences of uh, <laughs> making these predictions in the past. So uh, let, let's hope it works out well. And uh, yeah, happy betting everyone. But um, yeah, guys, thanks for coming on. 
Uh, Blake, always a pleasure having you uh, on the pod. Uh, any final words before we bounce? No, I'm just ready. I'm super pumped for this uh, season of college football. And considering everything that's happening with the realignment talks, I'm just ready to get on the field and actually play. And I think it's going to it's gonna be at least the uh, finale tour of the Big 12. I think it's going to be really good. The crowd energy at a way stadium, especially, I think are going to be awesome. And I think games, we're going to see games, even, even when teams are out of it big, they're going to still be chipping at OU and Texas a little bit, that they're going to still fight even a little bit more, just knowing kind of what's uh, what's happening. So I I am pumped for the season. I think it's going to be awesome. I'm high on my team. I know y'all are high on yours. And I think this we're just going to see a interesting season with all the top or the like three perennial powers getting new quarterbacks. OU finally doing it. Plus the Big 12 angle. I just think we're going to see some exciting storylines. Group of five always going to be good. So I'm ready for it to start. Or I'm ready for week zero. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's uh, coming up just two weeks away. We are so close and I can't wait. And welcome to the Schooner Pod Annual Gambling Preview. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. This is one of my favorite pods of the year, by far. With me, we got Jameson, we got Ty, and of course, we had to pull him out of retirement. We got Boat and Blake. Blake, welcome onto the podcast. It's been too long. And uh, before we start, I I have to get your opinion on uh, everything that's been going on uh, with the Big 12. Uh, As noted, (laughs) we're... Taylor uh, situation. So we, we know you've been upset, but let the, let the good people know how you feel about everything. Yeah, I knew this was coming. I just had a feeling. I was hoping this would be kind of the turning of the door that I feel like all my college football news and message boards and everything this summer has been all just dealing with conference realignment when instead I'd be focusing more on betting and other things. So I was hoping we would turn the page here, but my honest opinion on it is one, it just, it absolutely, it's the worst thing that could ever happen to our program, especially just uh, seeing where we were going from Southwest Conference, Conference USA. I think we were in the Big West for like a hot second, Big East for not even a game, and then up to the Big 12. Like that is just an awesome story arc for a program that really our fortunes weren't made off of brand or anything else, but was rather just the quality of our football team that Gary Patterson year in and year out was taking a whole bunch of three to four star guys, uh, four star recently, but two to three star beforehand was converting them and made uh, a power, a power five football program that consistently, even though I've been kind of down on them the past years, we're bowl, we're going to bowls each and every year. We're competitive in conference. So it just sucks because it's one of those situations where, you look at it and there's really no, like there's better options in the sense, like better options that don't suck, but they're all kind of sucky options compared to what I have just because it's like, I do enjoy like my favorite part of college football is a lot of the regional rivalries and a lot of like the stories, especially being in the conference is a lot of my good friends. It's like, I enjoy, even though we lose to OU a lot, it's like, I enjoy still having those games uh, and stuff like that. So it's sad to see in the sense that I'm like, 
there's just no situation out there that's going to be as good. There really isn't. Looking at our best situation, probably being the Pac-16, as I guess it could be called, if we move over there, or a Big 12, mer- like, not merger, but ske- merger or scheduling uh, alliance. But really, even that, it's just nothing's going to ever be the same, and it's just hard to come to that. So now it's just I've tried to stay away from it as much as possible because I know, like, Although the OU and Texas news and everything dealing with that happened so rapidly, it was because they've been doing it for four or five months. And that's kind of where we're at in the stage is now we have probably four or five, six months till we really resolve where we're going to be at. So I know Bowlesby had a meeting with the Pac-12 commissioner and stuff like that, but things are just going to move really slow on this front. And I want immediate answers, but I'm not going to have them. So till then, I just got to enjoy college football and just pray we make it out alive. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And I, I'm sorry to bring it up. I, ju- I just had to get your no. uh, take on it for sure. Um, but you know what, guys? Let's just dive right in. Let's talk about some gambling, some of our favorite over-unders, uh, some of our favorite picks for Heisman uh, Conference champions, and of course, the national champion. Uh, Jameson, do you think you got some good picks here? Are you pretty fired up? I have some pretty big locks. So Texas State with the over and four and a half. I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, no. That's that's garbage. But uh, I, see, I see that's at minus 145. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's some tough value. That's um, that's picking the over because I ain't picking the under on Texas State. You know that much. No. Yeah, see, for, if we're got to stay away from Boco for sure. Yeah, if we're talking being safe, stay away from Boco. But you know, you never know. You never know. But let's let's actually talk what I'm interested in. I'm going to say my first over that I like this season. Yeah, guess we're diving be, right in. Let's do it. Yeah, USC eight and a half over minus 130. I like that one. They've got a couple. They got Keontae Ingram transferred in from Texas and Malcolm Epps from Texas too. I guess they were just moving over there. And USC doesn't play Oregon or Washington this year. Um, so eight and a half is a number that I think's um, quality for them. And I think it's a team that's over, um, you know, not many people are looking at because, you know, Keen Slovis is a name that's been typed out, um, put out there, but you know, he has a possible, you know, he can do well this season. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it, he is definitely a, uh, one of those guys who's up there for Heisman USC in what little games they had looked pretty good until they hit a wall against Oregon. So that's, not really the worst overpick I've ever heard. I, it's probably one of the better ones, um, for sure. Uh, Ty, you ready for your picks? We'll yeah, just start sure. with the over. So for my, I so I, I got a mission. Uh, so I really I I'm being completely honest here. It's gonna sound like a joke, but like Kansas over one win certainly seems <laughs> it's. It's not impossible because we're talking about betting here, right? We're talking about we're talking about the potential payoffs in a betting scenario. You are looking at a, from yeah, so it's not it's not like you're going to get a decent payoff, not the greatest. Shouldn't lose too much, and it's always just fun to throw down some stuff on just a garbage team. Jameson's shaking his head no at Kansas, but we all know he's going to hop right on the Texas State train. The second the season starts, Blake is shaking his head. No, sitting here wearing a TCU shirt. We all know he's going to jump on the TCU train and get burned. So, I mean, it's like, I don't see why you wouldn't just throw some down on Kansas to win more than one game. It at least makes things interesting because we talk about, you know, big 12 matchups not being interesting. Now you got Kansas with, you know, every game could be interesting if, if you got him out there to win. I know he got burned on Kansas 
when I picked them to go over four a couple years back. But uh, one is a lot less than four, and it was a lot more doable. So. so so let's take a look at Kansas here. So they open up with South Dakota, and I'm not sure if they could beat South Dakota. That's a team OU has played very recently. Yeah. Uh, and they did not look very good at all. Uh, then they have to go at Coastal on a Friday night. That is they a could that is, they could they could win any game. They're also probably going to lose every game, though. Yeah. They also have Anybody to play at Duke. Win. That's the other. That's the other non-conference yeah. is at Duke. Blake should appreciate this because it's it's just being very, uh, you know, latching on to like the legalities of it. The Schooner Pod for forever has held the stance that pushes count as wins. So if Kansas wins one game, you've made it. I, no, that well, you it's, it's got to be over that, that one. That's bad, bad advice. That's been, <laughs> that right. does not work put, for over-under. It has to be – it literally is over one win. I don't think they get it's it. Is one greater or less than one? One is one. That is not over one. It's not under one. It's just one. Yeah, so they didn't make the under. So it's a push. That's not how that works. <laughs> Anyways, that doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm going to go with my over, and this is one I think Blake will like. Uh, I'm going TCU over seven and a half. Dang uh, it, that was my first one, Bobby. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to steal your TCU pick, but here's the thing. Seven and a half is, well, it's not the best value. It's at minus 145 in Bavada. I, I think the Frogs are equipped to make a, a pretty good run here. I think they're undervalued. Uh, Max Duggan, definitely a, you know, one of, a, a solid quarterback who has gotten better over time. And, you know, Gary Patterson ebbs and flows. And this seems like a year that he's going to, you know, have a good one. And before I go on with my other ones, I want Blake to go. Cause that's his first one as well. Why ha, bias aside, why are you so high on the frogs? I just think this number is way too low. When you look at, I like have always been kind of a TCU pessimist when it comes to the offense, but this year we have so many pieces. And I think towards the end of the year, last year, we finally figured out feed Zach Evans. When in doubt, like not even if I think Duggan's going to make the step. I've been saying that for years and years and years, even if that doesn't happen, just feed Zach Evans. The man is an animal. He had 300 uh, over hundred yard games to end the season last year. Absolutely dominant. We have, as Gary Patterson came out and said uh, in his press conference, I believe a day or two ago, that we have our most electric wide receiver unit since 2014 and 2015, and that's the Dust Doxson era. So we really have explosiveness on the offensive end, and even though we lost a few good pieces, like we lost our two top safeties on the uh, defensive side, I just can't see us. Last year we were a six-win team, and we played. We had Max Duggan coming off an injury, the uh, random heart surgery that he had. And I think just with growth and a better offensive line, I just I think we have a better chance of competing to make the Big 12 title game than we have to do going under seven and a half wins. So just seeing the pieces we have, the defense we have, and the fact the good thing is a TCU team not ranked at the beginning of the season means they're going to overshoot where their expectations are at. I thought this one was easy, and it made it perfect because I just want to homer a little, even though I've been pessimistic on TCU in the past. All right, guys, that's all we got for this episode of the Schooner Pod. We have some more previews coming your way. Big 12 rankings down the line. And uh, some, some big announcements down the way. So just just keep, keep tuned. But um, for me, Jameson, Ty, and Boat and Blake, this has been the Schooner Pod Gambling Special. We'll catch you around next time. Boomer Sooner.